Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to Dendro Crawlers. We're here with author Ada Palmer talking about her latest book, which is The Seven Surrenders, which is, I believe, the second book. And the first book is To Like the Lightning. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the first book and then this book? Uh, you asked the hardest question first. This book is sort of infamously difficult to describe. Okay. And, uh, when I when I signed it with Tor, you know, my editor complained that it was impossible to describe. Everyone at the office tried to describe it. They were all bad at it. Uh, one way to put it is that it's not similar to things that things are similar to. Uh, it reads a lot like Voltaire's Candide, but that's not the sort of thing you compare science fiction to. Um, so it's set in the 25th century, and it's a future on Earth, which people keep debating whether it's supposed to be a utopia or a dystopia. I find it fun when, when people have that debate, because it has a lot of attributes of a utopia. It's a exciting future with flying cars and delightful cities and a moon base, and people have a 150-year average lifespan and a 20-hour work week. But on the other hand, there's also censorship, and there's severe restrictions on religious speech and a number of other cultural things that we associate with dystopia. So people keep trying to fit it into one or the other. Is it a utopia? Is it a dystopia? Uh, where the answer is, it's a, it's a future that has made you know, two steps forward and one step back, in a sense, and has improved on some fronts and failed on other fronts. Uh, that makes us ask a question about how we feel about a world that has made progress on six out of ten things we really cared about, but backslid on the other four. Does it feel like a utopia or a dystopia in that situation? Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, so I, your biography mentioned that you are a professor at uh, Chicago University, I believe? Yeah, University of Chicago. University of Chicago, and you're a you're a history okay. professor. Yes. How did that play into your creative process when writing these books? I mean, it plays into the questions that I thought about and asked of this future as I tried to build it, because there are a lot of a, of questions that, as a historian, I get very used to asking about a particular time or place that we're not necessarily used to asking of our science fiction because we port forward 
a lot of defaults from the present. Uh, so for example, what is the standard family unit? What you think of as a family who would live in a home. We tend to port forward the default idea of a married couple with perhaps children which is a default family unit that we're very used to in the present. But that's actually a fairly recent historical development that that became the default family unit. And before that, it would be a extended family with many cousins and, and uh, brothers-in-law and grandparents living together. And there would often also be servants who are not blood relatives but are part of a complicated multifamily family living in a household. So as a historian, I thought to myself, well, if... The current family unit only came about very recently and is kind of dynamic. What'll be a different kind of family unit that exists in the future? And there are lots of questions that a historian asks in that set sense. You know, well, introduce yourself at a party. Do you introduce yourself by your occupation or by your political party or by your hobbies or by which section of the city you're from or by your ancestry? These have been different in different places in the past. And so I just developed a world that has a lot of these very cultural details worked out because that's what I study the history of. That is extremely fascinating. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. I'm also uh, an instructor <laughs> at a university. Different subject matter. But I find the intellectual pursuit in this case extremely fascinating. So thank you for sharing that. Um, now, in your first book, To Like the Lightning... Uh, would you say that that book focuses on a particular main character, or is it the kind of book that follows the stories of six or seven different primary individuals? So there are a lot of characters. Um, it's a very large cast because it's dealing with global politics of many factions. So we get to know the leaders of all of the major, what are in this future, uh, globe-spanning nations that have replaced geographic nations. And we get to know lots of members of all these different groups. So there's about 30 people in this cast. Uh, I would say that the character that we engage with most is the narrator uh, of this story. It's a history. Uh, so there is an author of this history named Mycroft Canner, who introduces himself very formally at the beginning of the uh, of the text, and a lot of the process of reading the book is getting to know this narrator and getting to know the world that he's describing through the kinds of things he decides to explain to you and the kinds of things he doesn't. Because he's writing a history, so he thinks that you're from his future, that you're from later than 2454. And so he explains things to you that he thinks are going to be unfamiliar to someone from later than 2454, and he doesn't explain things that he expects to be familiar. And you can learn a lot about a world from what someone thinks will be familiar or unfamiliar. So, for example, he thinks that his reader is going to be unfamiliar with gendered pronouns like he and she, and that he has to talk about how they work and explain to the reader why he's using them. The fact that he thinks that that is going to be weird to his reader tells us in our own time reading this book, a lot about his future and that it has a very different relationship with gender and gender pronouns than we do. And similarly, there are all sorts of institutions that he stops to try to, you know, explain as if he thinks that better, they'll be new to you. Uh, so much of the process of the book is getting to know the world through this very peculiar person. He himself is a convict 
in a, a, a convict program called the Servicer Program in his future, in which people who have committed crimes that are extremely severe, such that it's felt that even the sort of rest of your life can't pay for it, but who are considered to be uh, benign, that they're not going to hurt anybody, are sentenced to effectively lifetime community service. So he's serving lifetime community service, traveling from place to place, doing odd jobs for any citizen who asks him to do an odd job, and then he gets his daily bread as a result, but isn't allowed to own property or have any permanent uh, occupation. And we learn a lot about a world from how it treats its convicts, from how it treats its uh, marginalized classes. And so we get to know a lot of uh, a lot of things about this world through Mycroft Scanner, a very tricky and strange narrator. Wow, I mean, that's very interesting that that's his crime is to go help travel. He's well, traveling around, that's his punishment, uh, is to help other people. I mean, that's really interesting. Uh, it makes you wonder with our current system if we made people do that, if that would change. Things. Well, what I found fascinating in that description was the notion that he could commit a crime so severe that it merited a lifetime sentence, but also was considered benign in terms of they did not consider him as dangerous to other people. Yeah. Yes. So and so one of the mysteries, you know, we learned this in chapter one. So then one of the mysteries of the book is what did he do? And how was it at the same time so bad that it merited a lifetime sentence and yet people think that he isn't going to hurt anybody else? Uh, and the narrator tells you in the first paragraph that when you find out what his crimes were, you will hate him. But that he's going to tell you later what they were. That's awesome. Man, you just hooked. Oh my god. That's like a total... You, you hooked the reader, right? That That's first amazing. paragraph right there. Yeah. That, that was it. That is that is amazing. So, it's set in 2454. Right. Is it still on Earth? Yes. So it is on Earth, but an, an Earth that has culturally and maybe even geographically evolved from where we are right now. I mean, it's it's almost four and a half centuries from now. Right. So there's been an enormous amount of historical change, and there's been a lot of positive change in some ways, but negative change in other ways. And I wanted to make a future like that as a historian, because when I look at different periods in the past, that's often how their futures are relative to each other. You know, if we zoomed into the 18th century and talked to one of the major progressives of the 18th century, someone like Voltaire, who dedicated his life to progress and trying to make a better world, and we told him about our time period now, there are lots of things that he would weep for joy to hear, things like the fact that women have suffrage and the fact that we can cure so many diseases and the fact that uh, equality has progressed enough that many, many people don't have to be servants anymore, that people are mostly living in a state where they aren't answering to a direct, you know, boss or master in their home, but, but have a more independent life. Uh, and that we've abolished judicial torture and made a lot of other changes that he would be absolutely delighted by. But there are other changes that he wouldn't be able to understand those changes if we start describing things like transsexuality.